Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to episode one. Episode one of Podcaster's Guide to the Void. I think it's a full one, probably. We've been kind of going around and around trying to kind of figure out exactly what the flavor is going to be. But, you know, uh, for you guys out in the world, uh, welcome. Welcome to uh, an episode of a nice little social experiment that we're calling Podcaster's Guide to the Void. My name is JP. Uh, that's J. Uh, that's uh, J period, P period. And uh, I'm joined by two amazing guests. And by guests, I mean they're going to be here all the time, so I don't know why. I yeah, I'm just a guest. Yeah, yeah you're just you. a guest. Yeah, this is my show, first off. Thank you, guys. No, I'm kidding. Is uh, Zandra right here. And awesome co-host. We've uh, been hanging out at our uh, day job for a while, and we kind of found that we had some pretty good on-air chemistry, and we decided, you know what, what the heck, uh, give this a go. And then we've got super producer uh, DJ uh, Squared in the back, and he's uh, he's been doing pretty all right getting this show uh, together for the last couple of weeks, and so we're excited to be able to bring this show to you, and uh, you can always drop us a uh, DM at whatever uh, way that you can get a hold of us. And you know what? That's that's on you to figure out. You, you just let us know. Letter? Yeah, letter. Uh, pigeon. Um, <laughs> man, uh, the other day I got a, a text from a random person. They were like, hey, is this Emily? And I was like, I'm not responding to that. I'm pretty sure it was a scam. You know what? You can drive up here at 238... Um, Westmoreland Phillip, Avenue. Westmoreland Avenue in... Uh, Saskatchewan. Uh <laughs> That's yeah, not, that's not a real place. Fun fact: When my dad's really drunk, that's one of the two words that will make him like lose it with laughter. Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, <laughs> Saskatchewan. Is it the atch in I it? I don't know. See, you should ask if like it, it just really be like actually, like see if that 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 makes him laugh. I don't think it will, because every time you try to ask him why, he just can't stop just, giggling. Just ask him things. Instead of asking him anything, just ask be like, hey, about it. Let, 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 me, let me ask you a question <laughs> and see if he, he loses his mind to that, too. It might be a sound thing. I don't know. But uh, so, guys, we have uh, a little bit of a different format. We don't have one. So what we usually do is we sit here and we'll kind of like go back and forth and be like, you know, what, what are we talking about today? And our f- very first thing that we got an idea from and it was an idea from a very very uh game dj squared uh you had brought up the tiktok sensation uh of what 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 is this called now so i i brought up the idea it, it isn't a tiktok sensation it is a social media maybe internet-wide <laughs> sensation of psyops okay which are psychological uh, psychological operations okay. uh, they're primarily used by like federal governments and military for propaganda and we uh, I saw one the other day there was a very attractive uh, woman uh, in a military garb military like you know wardrobe. Uh, just doing a TikTok, and it was funny because it was stitched with a guy who all he was doing was snapping his fingers and going, hey, snap out of it. It's a psyop. It's a snyop. <laughs> snap out of it. So we got we got Focus a, on yourself, King. We got to find some of these. And, uh, yeah, because the one that you showed me kind of looks like uh, some girl with a filter on her in some fatigues. 
and that was really it. I, I don't see what the propaganda. I mean, like, are they trying to get me to join the military because there's well, most of these are there's like some sevens hanging from, out in there. From the research I've done, most of these are done for the sake of drawing people into like the military or drawing them into like interactions with federal agents. Yeah. So a popular example would be like a Twitter uh, user uh, posting a lot of like mainly this is geared towards right wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, users, so they'll like wear tinfoil hats, talk about conspiracy theories, and like uh, present themselves as very attractive yet very like right wing. Uh, so, so you're centered. telling me there's there's hot girls in tinfoil hats that are like join the military. Wooga, 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 That's wooga. the thing. They aren't <laughs> <laughs> join the military. Wooga, 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 wooga. That's a very generalized. Yeah. Uh, or are they saying join the military like in reverse? Like if you go back and you rewind the video, they're like join the navy. No, have you guys seen that the video the join like the, the satanic na- panic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the best way I can explain it is, and I wouldn't say this is a psyop, but this is like a, a piece of propaganda, and I think we can all agree is Top Gun. Top Gun and the movies are very much military propaganda. I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah, me neither. Like I know of it, but I know that it exists. I feel like I feel like those two are lies. I feel like one of you have at least seen Top Gun. No, I mean, I, I've, I've seen <laughs> clips of it. I know that there's Wait. dudes with mustaches. I don't and Tom like Tom Cruise. Cruise. Wait, none of I you. Watch it? None of you have glor- None of you have like seen either movies, Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick. No. no. Oh, so basically, what those <laughs> movies are? Why is I won't, that so I w- hard for you to believe? I want to explain no, I mean, the plot. Are, I, I will say they are very popular. I just don't really care that much about military movies, yeah. so I'm not like big into them. However, I will say like, well, we'll, this is gonna go. We'll we'll come back to this topic of military movies. Here, somebody write that down. Military <laughs> movies, because I have like three or four different really great military movies that aren't like specifically war based. They just use the military as like a background. Anyway, like Forrest Gump. <laughs> I I hadn't considered that <laughs> at all, but yeah, I guess I was thinking something like basic, uh, the Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta movie from like the mid two thousands. They there was I Pulp Fiction, Pulp. <laughs> there was Pulp Fiction in ninety four, and then this is kind of like how I was talking to was was it you that I was talking to about Revolutionary Road. Where it was the movie that it had uh, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, and then they reunited, obviously, from Titanic. No, I might have been talking to somebody else about that. But anyway. We talk about a lot. We talk about a lot. Anyway, we uh, saying you were telling me about these PSYOPs things. And so... So what it is just like attractive people, and is is it mainly female? Like like attractive girls trying to get dudes? This is one subset. This is a subset of... This psyop genre. This is just a way to get a political uh, motive or anything through the use of like social media or television, movies, or anything. Why I use Top Gun as an example, it's not really, it's just propaganda, but Top Gun glorifies the military, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mention any of like the terrible things the military does, like uh, civilians injured in action and all that, but it mainly glorifies uh, the military, and that's why, like, right after Top Gun was uh, premiered in, like, movies, it was, it had a, the Navy had an increased rate of people wanting to join the Navy, because mm-hmm. that was kind of the goal, yeah. was to make more people join the Navy, want to be a part of the military. So, it, it it's really just to um, make people follow a certain narrative or get certain people to do a, a certain thing. It's really, okay. that's what psyops are. And so I'm trying to, 
find a great example of like recently where a psyop would be used. And I'll, I'll pull one up here that I saw. Uh, this is mainly from like the nineteen um, the nineteen forties here. And so I'll use one here. I believe it's Vampires in the Philippines. And so right around after the uh, end of World War II, uh, we know that the Philippines were, uh, the U.S. granted the Philippines, uh, you know, independence, but it was under, like, the ruling that the U.S. would control the economy. Mm -hmm. And so because of this, there were death squads that were uh, loyal to the American-backed Filipino government that would kill or purge the country's descendants. And so entire villages were, you know, gone and and many citizens were killed and everything and so the military um the u.s military for uh in this instance would look for ways to end that violence and so the head of the cia's uh clandestine and paramilitary operation in the philippines um he arrived he went into the country with a counterinsurgency campaign and what he did was uh this is an example but ca CIA operatives told the residents of a certain village that in, um, I guess, a vampire lived just beyond a nearby hill. And so they would give locals um, ample time to spread this rumor that vampires lived in these hills. And so they would ambush, like, uh, rebels along this path. And um, they would what they would do is they would catch these rebels and put two holes in their necks of these rebels, drain all the blood from their body, and would place the corpse on the trail. And what they the citizens would do of this village, they would find the rebels, and it would obviously look like a vampire had just you know killed this person, and they would flee. They would flee. They'd flee the region. And so that's kind of an example of a psyop. Now that's just one of like many examples. Many governments from many countries have done this before. So, but yeah, and I think it's just kind of taken on a new, uh, with the use of like the internet and social media, there are more uses of like psyops to, I guess, kind of maybe garner trust from like people who are not so, so trusting of the government. So are you saying that these psyops are being done by the U S military that these, uh, Military e-girls, little the the uwu warriors, are funded by the U.S. government that they're they're doing this or or what? The, are, I, I'm just trying to say, is Uncle Sam trying to give me a fetish? Because the honest answer Black is planted, is buddy. would be like the U.S. government is trying to use your own interests and your own likes to convey to you a message that they want you to follow. So if, like, the majority of a population that does not uh, trust the military, does not trust the government, is kind of looking at them like, hey, I don't like you, you know, you're kind of doing some awful things, they may use these uh, Sam, you know, Uncle Sam Ewu, you know, Ewu girls and... Uh, Ewu? Ewu? Come on, come on, do it. Do it. Ewu? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. You shouldn't have made me do it. <laughs> Regret everything. Yeah, we might have we might have flew a little too close to the sun there, but uh, anyway, so they would just try to make you know something happen. For instance, in that Phil uh, in the Philippine story, the vampires in the Philippines, they were trying to stop this violence from occurring in the Philippines. So yeah. they use vampires or the uh, illusion of vampires to stop this violence occurring to all these villages. So 
that's kind of that's kind of the uh, you know. Okay, so what you're saying is I should just never trust the internet ever again in my entire life. I feel like you Why should have done. Why would you trust the internet in the first place? Yeah. Hey man, there's there's some stuff on there in Carta, you know. Uh, shit. Uh, do you guys even know what Encarta is? No, I'm like, I was Yeah, born. it was like the Microsoft version of Wikipedia before Wikipedia took off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, <laughs> we've we got these uh, little military e-girls trying to get everybody to like join the military. And, you know, join the military if you want, but don't join it because you think you're going to be running off with some e-girl. I feel like there's... Definitely easy, not what's going to happen. There's easier ways to get an e-girl than going and like killing in the name of uncle sam well like another another example would be like and this is kind of a more conspiracy theory-esque but like it's like federal agents talking to uh youth who are like uh very depressed or like very angsty uh which all youth are angsty but like these are like more extreme cases and to get them to like do things they may not want to do yeah or like uh we all know i I feel like this should be common knowledge but it's not but we like the federal government, like, uh, and this is just my own conspiracy theory. I'm not saying the federal government has ever done this ever, so don't, you know. But the federal government co- uh, committing attacks on its own, uh, you know, places and citizens uh, to push an agenda. Yeah, I mean, we just had uh, those papers that were uncovered, I think, about, like, starting something to, uh, I think it was, like, I know bombing a couple of cities to start World War Two, or to get us involved in World War Two, I'll actually uh, you keep going, but I'm gonna yeah, pull I, up an example. Yeah, from I, I don't, uh, don't want to keep talking about that because I know that I'm like horribly off. But it was basically that there were some plans that were uh, recently just declassified that showed a lot of uh, paperwork from different members of the U.S. government that they had planned in place to bomb different American cities to be able to kick off some type of conflict if needed. Um, you, I'm sure I'm assuming that you're going to, uh, correct me on that one, but, uh, yeah, man. It's, That's why people l- want things to stay classified sometimes. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I totally get why you wouldn't want that to get out because, that's uh, it's it's Yikes. a rough it's a rough look. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's like uh, trying if you can't get people to join the military other than like bombing people, then do should people should we be joining that military? I'm just saying, um, but do what you want. You know, it's just not for me. But um, so one of the examples that I actually saw, which is funny, because I saw this off of a, uh, a comedy skit. And I won't say which one, but it's funny. And if you figure out what I'm talking about, you should go check it out. But it was a document called The Project for the New American Century. This was created by a uh, neoconservative think tank in 1997. And it was to promote American global leadership. And there is a statement in there that is trying to uh, advocate for rebuilding America, American defenses And it was, uh, I'll read the statement verbatim. It says, further, the process of transformation of the military, even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one, absent some catastrophic or catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. I will say this. I believe that this document was uh, released in September of 2000, which was a year before 9-11. And a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists point to this statement as the, like, kind of red flag that the uh, 9-11 had some 
type of U.S. government interference and that they either allowed it or they orchestrated it. Uh. So, you know, Duh. I'm, a, I'm a huge conspiracy theory guy. I, I don't believe a lot of them, but I do just like exploring these rabbit holes and being like, wow, you know, that's a neat, interesting point. It's yeah. Fun. Yeah. Here, I've, I've got another one for you. So this is like an actual thing. Uh, this is Operation Northwoods. Obviously, it didn't happen, but it was a proposed false flag operation against American citizens that originated within the U.S. Department of Defense of the United States government in 1962. The proposals called for CIA operatives to both stage and commit actual acts of violent terrorism against American military and civilian targets and blaming them on the Cuban government to justify a war against Cuba. So that was going on, and uh, the proposals were rejected by President John F. Kennedy, and, well, you know, we see how that ended up for him, so... And then then there's, like, there's a ton of, like, these conspiracy theory operations from the U.S. government. Oh, yeah. There's, like, Operation Mockingjay comes to mind where it's, like, the media that was, uh, media was taken over by the U.S. government. I mean, that's, like, that's what the basis of these psyops are. It's just, it's just a form of propaganda and advertisement to influence, like, a group's way of thinking or actions. MKUltra. Yeah. So, um, but another thing that we wanted to talk about. The Oscars has recently passed. Oh man, the Oscars! <laughs> My boy, Brend- My boy, Brendan, you did it, buddy! Yes. So, Brendan Fraser, we love our king, King Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Fraser, and actually, and it's Fraser, not Frazier. Yeah, for the or longest Frazier. Yeah, for the longest time, I mispronounced it. And you know what? I just want to say, Brendan Fraser, I know you're listening. I want to. I want to say I'm sorry. Uh, that uh, Tom Cruise ruined your mummy franchise. Anyway, um, dude. Okay, so, I'm sorry for all the fucking abuse he had to face. All, hey, can we just say our man's looking good? Yeah, like he's looking a lot better than he has in a lot long uh, in a long time. He's lost a bunch of weight. He he looks like his hair's growing back somehow. So if it's hair plugs, if it's artificial, I don't care. If it's just that weird spray on shit that they were doing in the NBA for a little cool man, like. But I, I, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, he's always been, like, a, a, a great actor. I remember uh, watching him in this movie with Alicia Silverstone. It was not well-received, but I loved the concept behind it. It's called Blast from the Past from 1996. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Dakota, have you heard? Or, I mean. Yeah. DJ. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of it? You haven't used my government name yet, so you're good. Okay, cool. So. Um, what? Wait, what? Have you have you seen Blast from the Past, the Brendan Fraser movie from '96? Uh, no. Yeah, it's him, Christopher Walken, somebody else, and Alicia <laughs> Silverstone. Uh, so, like, the whole thing is that Christopher Walken is was a nuclear engineer in like the '70s. Let's say I can't remember like the details. I saw it once years ago, but uh, he was like a nuclear engineer and at a local like nuclear uh, facility. And he heard what he thought were air raid sirens, but I think it was just a plane crash or a plane crash that was happening or something like that. And uh, he had built a nuclear bunker underneath his house. So he got all his family in there. And once the doors closed, they wouldn't be able to open again for like 40 years. So they open again and it's like the year 2000 or whatever it was. And Brendan Fraser has grown up in this nuclear bunker his entire life. I know what you're talking about now because I've seen the clip of Brendan Fraser on the street and he stops in his tracks and he notices an African-American woman. (laughs) 
Yes, so you do know what I'm talking about. I know yes. exactly what okay, you're talking so about. Okay, so either which I've been a fan of his since that movie. Um, I mean, I love Airheads. I love the Mummy franchise. Uh, Inkheart. Uh, what else? Uh, even the Journey to the Center of the Earth. I thought that was really good. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Oh, what other uh, great movie? Oh, he was in uh, that movie where he was... Uh, at Harvard, I think it was like one of his first movies. And are we uh, not going to talk about Monkey Bone? Oh, Monkey Bone is fine. Monkey Bone's incredible. bedazzled, though bedazzled. Either which way, Brendan Fraser, you earned it, and I'm so happy for him. You know, he's um, just glowing. Yeah, you could tell that Those he was. Pictures, yeah, he was just like. Yeah, because he he Ugh. he freaking deserved it. He really did. I mean, after all the abuse, like you said, all the abuse that he took at the hands of what I'm assuming were the Weinstein's and uh, different uh, industry people, it's like, uh, you know what? Good for you. Good for you. Uh, him and Michelle Yao, which uh, or Yo, I, I can't, I don't remember how to pronounce her name, but she is great. If you've uh, ever seen, um, oh, what was she in uh, Star Trek Discovery? She is great in that and i know that she's been in other stuff but that's really all that i know her from um but she was great in that and ever since i saw her in that i was like great actress yeah and i just want to say brendan fraser's um what i feel was the starting point in his like redemption arc even though he had nothing to redeem for but we'll call it his revival arc was doom patrol which i did watch it was a dc project and he played what was it was it robot man I actually don't remember the, his name on that. Um, oh, man. I, but he was so good in that show, and I very much uh, enjoyed his uh, role in that. Um, yeah, Robot Man. And he was he was so good in that. And I'm like, man, you know, can't believe that after everything that happened to him, he's finally getting like somewhat of a break with this uh, role, and he's just so good now. Obviously, he went on to do The Whale, and that uh, won him an Oscar, so... The whale but, is incredible. Okay, I, I do want to issue a retraction. Um, it was not Harvey Weinstein, which, side note, fuck Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. But back to what I was saying. Actually, was, no, I would not fuck Harvey Weinstein. The good, he is a piece of shit. And also, you if you just Google what his dick is. Hold on. Like, it, it's bad. Hold on. But, should I do um, this on the Wi-Fi here in our don't, workplace? Don't. Please don't. No. Uh, okay, so Harvey apparently Weinstein there was the, there was a sexual assault allegation against... Uh, uh, yeah, against Philip Burke in 2003. He was the then president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and um, that kind of was the thing that did him in, unfortunately, and that's how he fell out of favor in Hollywood. But he was in uh, this movie Crash, which is he had a, a role in it. You know, it was a, a huge uh, movie and bedazzled, obviously. But come on, guys. George of the Jungle? George of the Jungle? What, like, is, what is George of the, again? The Jungle. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and it, it oh, so good. But, um, that was yeah. like his peak himbo. I, yeah, yeah, no, it really was. I love it. The, well, okay, so it was that, and then combine that and The Mummy. The Mummy, I feel like he's less himbo, though. But 99 Mummy. Still like very the, hot, but, like, not himbo hot. Well, I guess because like, he has a shirt on the entire movie. No, that's not what makes him a himbo. He's a lot more, like, you know, intelligent in The Mummy. Oh, so are you saying that, that himbos can't be smart? They're not, like, book smart. 
I don't know, man. <laughs> sounding a little bigoted right now. No, that's literally <laughs> the definition of a himbo. Yeah, right. I was just about to ask, what is a himbo? So you know bimbo? Yeah. But him. It's him? <laughs> himbo. Yeah. <laughs> so at, at, at the end of the day, what we want to say is congratulations, Brendan Fraser. The Renaissance is here, and it's here to stay. Yes. And uh, we can't wait to see what you're going to follow this up with. My boy's back. And it is, it is, it is good. Getting so, ready to phrase some hell. But um, we were going to. We the, there was a lot of uh, great wins. Um, everything, everywhere, all, all at, at once. once. I still haven't seen the movie. Of- haven't either. Oh, so good, but I like I've seen the trailers for it. It seems really, really neat. So yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's everything, everywhere, all at once, and that was the movie that Michelle Yao won the uh, the Oscar for. And then also, uh, I can't remember the actor, but he's the guy who plays Short Round in Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name is, but he also won Best Supporting Actor. And then um, Jamie Lee Curtis won uh, Best Supporting Actress, which. Uh, Pretty neat. And I just want to, probably something that went under the radar, but I just watched a documentary about the original version of this movie, but Best International Feature Film, All Quiet on the Western Front. So a good war movie. I know you were talking about war yeah, movies yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that. I did see that it's up on uh, on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. This is the remake. The original actually uh, was way back in the 1930s, and it used like 19, 1930s, 1920s, and it used actual World War One German uh, soldiers who survived. Is that the shooting. one that has uh, John Wayne in it? No. Okay, never mind. Because um, I, I did watch a John Wayne uh, military movie that I had to watch for some film class that I took once upon a time. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I thought that it was pretty cool. Jimmy Lee Curtis finally got recognized uh, for her work. Uh, she's been uh, also a low-key favorite of mine ever since I saw her in Trading Places. Um uh, and True Lies, and I mean, I didn't really see her in Halloween until like much later in my. Uh, Whoa, you're just gonna sit here, list all of Jamie Lee Curtis's and accomplishments. Ignore Freaky Friday, exactly. Yeah, what, no, no Freaky you? Friday was right there. You know, uh, uh, I thought it was pretty cool how they did the face-off esque, uh, have an actor act like another actor playing a role. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, have you Isn't ever seen she in Beverly Hills Chihuahua? That would be deep. <laughs> in, <laughs> that'd be deep in that IMDb, I'm sure. Uh, everyone was in Beverly Hills Chihuahua. There were like 75 of them. I know George I Lopez was, was the Chihuahua. Chihuahua. I think she was a human. Ah. But uh, anyway, our original topic was uh, animation and best animated f- feature winner was uh, Toro's Pinocchio, which is a. Uh. Yeah, yeah. She I mean, was. yeah. Turning. Right. Oh, she was in uh in Beverly Hills Hillbillies. She was Aunt Viv. Aunt oh. Viv, and uh, it won over the likes of. You correcting thought... the way I say Aunt? No, 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 no. I thought it was funny because when you said Aunt Viv, I immediately went to thinking to of Fresh Prince. Prince. Yeah, yeah. That's what so my thought was too. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis <laughs> as Aunt Viv in the remake. Uh, in the all-white remake of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yikes. But they call it Fresh Prince of Harlem. So it's uh, a poor guy, poor white kid, that gets then moved to the Upper East Side of Harlem 
and uh, that he has to try and fit in. Seriously, I thought it would be the reverse. I thought it would be a uh, rich white kid goes to a, a poor side of Harlem and has to become the prince there. That probably makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I made this up on on a dime, so they're not they're not always going to be great ideas, folks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio won over the likes of a uh, Disney's Turning Red, and uh, Turning Red was good. I like I like Turning Red. And uh, imagination works. Imagination works. Is yeah, that imagination works. Uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. So oh, uh, I, I keep hearing great things about Puss in Boots. Uh, people keep talking it up. A lot, and uh, they talk about like all the Easter eggs that you can find. All like the oh, if you look in the background, this one thing goes back to the first Shrek movie and all this stuff. Like they, you can tell that the creators actually put a little bit of thought into making the movie, which is pretty cool. Again, I will preface this by saying I have not seen it. I don't think you can fail with Antonio Banderas. So Antonio Banderas can do no wrong. Oh, you know what? You know what? Uh, you know what movies uh, he was in? Mask of Zorro. No, nope. Dragon. He wasn't that, but I, that's not the one I was thinking Shrek of. Shrek 2? Nope. Well, he was. Stop m- mentioning- Interview with the Vampire? Interview with the Vampire. Very hot in Interview with the yeah, Vampire. I mean, it was hot. It was hard not to be hot in Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. I was looking for the Spy Kids trilogy. Oh, my Spy God. Spy Kids oh, 1, Jesus 2, and Christ. 3. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> was he in all of them? Yes. He Seriously? Is, he is the dad. He's, He's the, the dad no, no, no. Of the I, I know that he was the dad, but was his character actually in all of them? Yes. Yeah. I, they need a dad. The, the dad could have just not, he could have been on a mission. Like, I don't yeah. know. And it's so. You know fun. how, like, they just, they never write off a character, but they just don't show up because they're off doing something else because the film doesn't have enough money for an actor? I'll tell you. So in Spy Kids 1, he's doing the Spy Kids 1 thing where he's like a spy and he's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Spy Kids 1, he's doing that stuff that he did in Spy Kids 1. Moving on. In Spy Kids 2. <laughs> in Spy Kids 2, he's looking to rescue his kids off this island. And it's yeah, funny because yeah. he's bickering with his mother in law. All of the entire yeah, time. Yeah, th- that's the one where they have like the the tiny dinosaurs, right? Yes. Okay. And the big dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah they the big two headed dinosaur, like yeah. a two headed brachiosaurus. And then that's the one where uh, is it Steve Buscemi said the one of the most <laughs> hardest quotes ever in a children's movie, which was, uh, "If God exists, do you think he stays in heaven because of uh, his fear for what he has created?" Which is from Spy Kids too, and has no place being there. No, but it, it has every place. Being yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love how Steve Buscemi will somehow just pop up in just the most random movies. Did you guys ever see the movie The Island uh, with, mm-hmm. uh, I almost said Kiefer Sutherland, but uh, fuck, what's his name? Ewan McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson. They're like clones on this island. Well, Steve Buscemi is a scientist, which, you know, crazy ass Steve Buscemi is acting like a scientist is hilarious in and of itself because this is like right after Armageddon. Steve Buscemi, so he's just like the wild-eyed crazy guy, and he's got just like a lab coat on, he's smoking cigarettes and like jerking off to porn all the time, but uh, he's in that movie, and then he has a huge change of heart, but anyway, Steve Buscemi pops up in a whole bunch of really cool stuff that, uh, you know, he should definitely be getting uh, some type of recognition for, because he crushes it in every role. There needs to be like an Easter egg character, and as like an Oscar. Yeah. Like best cameo? Yeah, but I really much enjoyed his role in uh, Reservoir Dogs. That's still one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, still one of my favorite movies. But anyway, going back to animation, uh, we were discussing the animation like a uh, list for best animated feature, and I wanted to bring the topic of animation as a form of media. Has it like 
shed its skin of being childish and for children? Has it become respected in the eyes of the mainstream as an acclaimed an acclaimed medium for narratives where anyone can watch it? And, you know, I guess is it on the same spectrum as like in a live action movie or live action TV? No, I don't no. think it shed that stigma yet. No. I feel like uh, you cannot okay, cause you look at um, what was that movie? The happy time murders the one with the puppets yeah. mm-hmm. where it was like an R rated puppet movie. It bombed because people were like taking their kids to it, even though it was an R rated movie and it's and called it's the happy time murders. murders. And Why it would says, you take your kids to it that? It says in the literal trailer, this is not a movie for kids. And uh, then on top of that, I mean, like, they literally show, like, puppets having sex. They've got, uh, I mean, then you've got, like, the the Team America World Police. But that was made by the people that made South Park. That's a completely different thing. And technically not animation since they are puppets. But if we want to stick to actual animation, the last, like, adult animated movie that I can think about was probably, like, Cool World in, like, 98. That Brad Pitt animated movie where it's, like, him acting. It's, like, a, a darker kind of grosser version of who framed Roger Rabbit and it's him. And I think he's a, uh, I think he's a animator and he makes this world and there's a character in it called Holly Wood, like Hollywood. Right. And she is played, I think by Sharon stone or no, 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 Kim Basinger. And, uh, I think the character falls in love with him or he falls in love with her and then like it's this whole thing and then she ends up coming to life at the end. There's like a a weird sex scene. It uh, was not a movie for kids, but it also bombed. Um, You look at all the movies that do well, like uh, let's say Into the Spider-Verse. You could argue that it's not a kid's movie, but at the end of the day, it's still a kid's movie. It's a flashy superhero movie. It's geared towards younger audiences. I don't think necessarily children, though. Yeah, like, I wouldn't call it a kid's movie like Rugrats in Paris. You know, like, that is obviously a kid's show or a kid's movie. But when it comes to, like, uh, like a movie like... uh, What what movie was I just talking about? Uh, (laughs) Spider-Verse. Like, I'll go watch it. I literally have have it on physical, uh, on Blu-ray at the house, you know? And I cannot wait to go see the next one that comes out. But I won't sit here and say that I am their demographic that they're making it for, you know? Kind of. I mean, kind of. They... with Into the Spider Verse, though, they got a, they brought a lot of respect to animation. Oh yeah, no, they did great, and that that's like the one. But I I wouldn't think that it's changed uh, the perception that uh, that animation has. Yeah, no, you know, like it, it to me, anytime that I see an animated movie, I automatically think like at this point, like Minions or Puss in Boots. Like my kids, my kid was gonna go uh, see Puss in Boots as part of like a school field trip, you know, and. Uh, so yeah, but should it now? Now that's the question. Should, should it? I mean, I think so because I one of the, one of my favorite movies of all time is 1994's Akira, which if you guys have never seen it, it's like this. What? But I guess anime is a completely different different thing. I wouldn't call anime animation, although it is animation. See, that's what I wanted to go into because there are uh, there's two movies uh, particularly that I find like in my top 10 movies of all time, both by the same director, uh, Makoto Shinkai, and it's uh, they're all anime, and uh, they're both uh, once titled Your Name, and it's one of these uh, anime oh, movies. it's called JP? No. Oh. It's called Your Name, unquote, and it's uh, fan- 
fantabulous movie. This director always finds a way to make me cry at the end of the movies. Um, and it's a story about a young uh, teenage boy and teenage girl who are swapping bodies. And it's a love story. They go through a lot of like teenage uh, trials together. And then another one called Weathering With You. And both of these movies are amazing. And I do not think they're children's movies. They deal with heavy, heavy uh, topics of like uh, de depression and I wouldn't even say depression, but like just uh, living by yourself and living out on alone and losing someone that you love. And kids movies have that, but they kind of don't, they kind of cushion that blow. Uh, this director takes, doesn't cushion the blow. It's really impactful and it hurts and sometimes it has an happy ending and sometimes it doesn't. These two movies uh, in particular have happy endings and I'm very happy for them. But anime is very much, it has that great ability to make adult narratives in, we'll call it animation. Even though I don't believe you said you don't yeah. really find it in the same genre. It's like, it, it's animation in the fact that it is defined as it, it's drawn, it's animated but I would not lump it in the same category as the other films that we've talked about. Like uh, the movie that I was telling you about, Akira, it's from 1988. It's like this cyberpunk-ish movie where this guy gets telekinetic abilities after he gets into a, a motorcycle race, and then he has to like stop these street gangs from taking over Neo Tokyo because back in the 80s, um, there was a nuclear explosion in Tokyo because the government was doing ESP experiments on kids. And then like, it was all the, like, it's weird, but it deals with very adult themes. Just like what you were saying. I would never watch Akira with my kid, but I would go right now to my house and rewatch Akira because it's just an amazing film. And then you have something like, uh, Hayao Miyazaki's like spirited away and Howl's moving castle and stuff like that, which I would say have, Ponyo. The, have the ability to be kids movies if you want, but I still, Ponyo's very much like for children. Yeah. I, they, I feel like they, some of them deal with a little bit more mature themes in that they're not for children. They would say that they're for like teens, but they deal with more mature like themes and like, uh, uh, just different ways of thinking and stuff, which is great. Um, but I, again, just wouldn't classify it in the same vein as like Puss in Boots or Shrek yeah. or something like that, which I did just recently watch the first two Shrek movies with my daughter and she loved them, you know, like it was great, but I know that she would never be able to sit through any, any anime movie right now, just cause it's it had a lot of talking, big words, you know, the animation is beautiful, but there's just a lot going on. With like a movie like Shrek, it's much more like your focus is on the screen, on like a, a set, a very limited amount of subjects, as opposed to like in anime, you have like this whole world that you're exploring. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I watched Ponyo for the first time when I was like four. So. Yeah. Oh, see, I've never seen Ponyo. So you should watch Ponyo. Yeah. But like. I mean, we're we're slowly getting to that world where where animation is going to be uh, accepted. It's already accepted critically because I mean, one of the shows that I'm looking at right now, I'm about to watch that was critically acclaimed uh, last year was uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It dominated Netflix for so long. It got like I think 8.6 out of 10 from the 14 critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It it's definitely a gory adult show, but it's an it's an anime. It's a show, and we're getting to that point where I think anime is kind of 
would you say anime is kind of pushing the animation towards being shedding that stigma around yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it can lead back to stuff like like what I was saying. I mean, th- this movie Akira was from. 1988. So we've got this one, and I, I will tell you right now, there's there's a lot of grotesque scenes in them, just like just the character design and everything, gross, uh, all this different stuff, but it is beautiful to watch. That was 1988. We have come a little bit away from that, but I still feel like they're outliers among the crowd of like the current animation. Because right now, if you're going to look, you've got Illumination Entertainment doing like uh, the Super Mario movie, and uh, they did oh, what was it called? Um, uh, I think they did Detective Pikachu, possibly. Yeah. Uh, they also did um, the Minions movies, Despicable Me, all those. And I would say that those are firmly children's movies. You know. You can enjoy them as an adult, and there's obviously nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go see the Super Mario movie myself, but I'm not going. I, I I'm like I'm watching it to unlock a sense of nostalgia for my youth, if that makes sense. I feel like at at its core, that's my reasoning behind watching them, because I'm not at this point getting anything from like being an adult watching the movie. But then it just brings back the whole point of like, what is watching a movie? You know, like, why do you go watch a film? Like, why are you interested in things? So, ultimately, I I don't know if we should care uh, about the stigma behind animation because stigmas are, uh, I mean, they're put onto us by people that don't understand. So, at what point do we just stop giving a shit about people having the stigma and just enjoy what we want to enjoy? I feel like that's where we're getting to as a society that the stigma is, I feel like the stigma is always going to be there, but um, it's it's that we just don't give a shit about the stigma anymore. You know what? I kind of disagree with you. Um, I feel like we're slowly going to get away from the stigma because of we're the generation that's kind of accepting animation as a as an actual, I'm not, I don't want to say actual, but as a respected form of media for narratives to be told and we're gonna obviously going to teach that to our kids, and they're going to teach that to their kids. And we're kind of at this turning point in uh, our society where once that older generation passes and our generation is the older generation, uh, I think that stigma is probably going to be gone. Yeah, because— What uh, about all the people in our generation that don't agree with you and think that animation's only for kids, and I, they teach their kids that? I think that's going to be a— I think that's going to be more of a minority than it is for like the older generation. See, I think stigma the would still be there. It would be, but I don't think it would be. I think we would see it slowly, slowly die start out. to taper off. No, I, I see what you're saying. What I uh, I kind of like. I I'm not. It's not that I'm riding the fence on this. On uh, half agreeing with you, Xander, and half agreeing with you, DJ. But um, what I will say is that I think that the stigma might slowly start to like go and like kind of taper off i i can i could see that but i think that this is more of if we're talking like about anime my uh my concern with that is one there are no like to me like the reason why i wasn't into anime for the longest time is just because of the lack of ability to relate to the characters just because they are written majority from like a Japanese perspective and they have like the Japanese cultural influences and stuff like that. I don't have that, you know? 
Um, there's some cultural references and stuff like that, things that I just don't get um, or didn't get at the time. Now I can definitely see them. Like, I mean, one of my favorite shows, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and that was dope. If you guys have never seen the uh, Godzilla anime movies, watch them. They are Netflix originals. They are really, really good. There's like four of them. Um, but what I will say is that I think that I don't, I don't know if it's like a, a race thing or just like a cultural, uh, like a cultural block that there is between like a Western audience and anime. But that's one of the reasons why I feel like anime hasn't taken off as much is because it doesn't relate so much to a Western audience. Uh, now there are obviously there's people like us that see the benefit in them, but I feel like when you're talking about like a mass acceptance, I feel like that might be what, what could be hindering it. I don't know about that though, because I relate a lot more to an- some anime characters than no, see, I have it, in it, any Western media. Exactly, that's the thing. But that that works for you. It's the same thing that you were telling him. It's like it could work for you, but it yeah. might not work for other people. So it's like it, it's different. And I know that representation is definitely important when it comes to like being able to go watch something. If you can't relate to the struggle that is happening on screen, or if you can't relate to a certain character, or if it takes four or five episodes of an anime or a show or whatever to be able to relate to the character. I can see people just kind of like tuning out and just not being interested in it. Um, however, right or not, that may be is whatever, but it's just the, that's an option of, uh, the way that it could be. Now I, I would love like an American anime style, like story. That would be kind of neat. And I'm sure that there's, Somebody would probably tell me that there's one already out there or whatever, but I don't know of any. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that takes away from the actual, the actual like uh, anime ness of it. You know, I, I don't know how much of anime is tied specifically to like Japanese culture in and of itself. If if you can make an anime that is American and it still be like have that feeling of an anime. I mean. Avatar, The Last Airbender did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll I'll concede to that one because Avatar is honestly one of my favorite shows of all time. And while I did watch it while I was a kid, I will still go back and rewatch it now. However, I won't say that it's not out of a sense of nostalgia for my childhood. So I don't know if it's breaking that stigma or it just happened to be a really good show that just happened to be on a kid's channel aimed at kids, you know? Yeah. So I don't I don't know if it breaks the stigma or it further uh, further cements it. Gotcha. Well, um, we're gonna kind of switch gears here into like our favorite forms of narrative since we've been talking about anime, talking about like animation and movies. Uh, what what is your if you ever want to watch like let's say a good narrative, a good s- telling of a story? What's your favorite form of media? to consume it is it tv is it is it a tv show is it movies is it a book is it a video game what what's your preferences there i'll let you take this one first sandra so if it's consuming storytelling i go more for movies or books but if i'm telling a story i prefer to do that through like painting and printmaking so you do that through your hobby or, it's or, not, or, or, it's not really it, a hobby to me. Is it you doing it? Is that what you're saying? Or like, are you observing the printmaking? I said that if I'm the one telling the story. Okay, so your preferred medium of creation is making a print or painting or something like that. Yeah. But your favorite way to see something 
would be through either a, a show or a movie? Movie or books. Movie or book. Okay, cool. <laughs> so with that, you like... You uh, tuned with, out. No, no, no. I, I heard the whole thing. It was just like you, you said a lot of words. So... Okay. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of words, so I had to cut them down. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's been a it's been a long day. I just got back from vacation. My brain is kind of fried. So oh, we're gonna have uh, to talk about that vacation oh, yeah, next yeah. week. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that next week whenever I have time to get my, all my thoughts together in a way that doesn't dox a whole bunch of people. <laughs> but anyway, he lives so, at two eight three eight Wall Slammer Avenue. Wall Slammer. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Anyway, so why um, why printmaking and why why painting? Um, so it I didn't like choose it. So I it this, chose you. It's <laughs> <So like what laughs> a hard question for me to answer. Um, I, so in high school is when I really got into drawing and painting as a way of coping with all of the abuse I'd experienced. And I guess like through starting college, basically one of the drawings I did in high school, I turned into a series of prints, but like a little different. <laughs> Headphone down. Um, Sorry. <laughs> well, you're fine. Are you? Eh. He's not probably good. not, but I'll accept it anyway. There you go. Um, Damn right you will. Just like an evolution of that drawing, like a different part of the situation, basically. And I can show you guys what it is after if you mm. want, but you don't have to. And I want to further that by creating like a large-scale painting as like another perspective of that story. Okay, cool. So are the, would you consider like, um, does the, like, does the topic or the length of the narrative, would that change the way you, the medium that you're choosing? Like, like if you're trying to tell a long form story, mm -hmm. right? Would you still go with the printmaking and the painting and just do it over a long period of time? Or would you be like, I don't feel like that's going to It's more do about the story itself. Okay. So you... Because, like, I write stories and poems, and I'm low-key working on a screenplay right now. Okay. So you... If it's I, a I would love to see that, just so you know. I, I've I've written a couple of screenplays uh, over the past few years, and, you know, it's they're just going to... Yeah, no, no, no. So was mine. Trust me, I I submitted it for an assignment. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like I I know how much time that takes and how much it like takes out of you. And by not, I don't mean that it gets you tired. I mean it probably does. But it it's part of you on on there, regardless of what the subject matter is. That was inside you, and now it is outside of you. You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it just it it's it's neat to be able to see uh, that from somebody. Well, wait, are you I talking know. about the podcast with Michael Rosenbaum? Inside of you, what? <laughs> Who? Uh, Lex Luthor from the Smallville TV series. What? Oh, oh my Never god! Mind. You watch Smallville? Yeah. You have a TV. I'm not saying that because I also watch Smallville. I didn't. You didn't strike me as a Smallville person. You know no, what? We actually only watch Largeville. We're just gonna. We're, I'm gonna take Large a side note. town. I'm gonna take a side note here. We desperately need to watch the Gotham Knights first episode of that show. Because I've heard terrible things about it. I heard um, uh, pretty good things of the, oh, what is that new uh, Superman TV show on? Uh, Superman CD? and Lois? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I saw uh, the opening of the first episode last night. It was up on Reddit for some reason, and pretty good. But pretty, the, good, pretty good. But the Gotham Knights uh, show, if we do it, if we watch it, we'll get to it next week. If not, too bad. You guys, uh, you guys can watch we'll it. Well, just yourself. any anything that you hear of that we tell you that we're going to get to next week, we might. Yeah, we we might just forget. We probably so, won't. So, <laughs> JP, what 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 forms of narratives do you like? Whether it be producing them or uh, receiving them, what do you like? So I like TVs and t- let me I try like that again. TVs. I like TVs. <laughs> um, no, I like TV and movies. Um, mostly movies, but at the same time, I've been here lately. I've been going on a real kick of watching reality TV. And by reality TV, I mean like uh, kitchen nightmares, like uh, com- competition shows or like renovation shows. I like watching like American Pickers and uh, just old reruns that you'll find up on uh, YouTube and stuff. You're about to like explode. <laughs> what is up? Have you guys heard of Milf Manor? What? No. <laughs> Milf Manor. It's on TLC. No. Oh, isn't that the one where it's like a reality show with all the MILFs and they're in the manor? And yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, please, please do that. Please do that. <laughs> no, that's where I was about it's to be. awful. Yeah, no, I bet. It sounds like it. Oh, oh, one of my favorite reality shows. Do you guys have a favorite reality show that you guys have ever watched? So Kitchen Nightmares is really good. I, I prefer it to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, see, I, I like really ki- liked Master Chef too, though. Yeah, see, I've never seen Master Chef. Oh well, is Master Chef? No, I haven't seen Master Chef. I've seen maybe a clip or two of it, but I just recently started watching Hell's Kitchen. There's like a the the red team and the blue team, and they've got like a a, a kitchen in I think it's Vegas or some shit like that, and it's like a, it's one of Gordon Ramsay's kitchens. And he's just yelling at everybody, but I get it. They're professionals. They're wanting to be there to be like top chef. So okay, cool. I do like that he is a little bit nicer to the people on Kitchen Nightmares. Uh, it kind of lets you into he isn't so much pissed off at the people themselves for being shitty. He's mad at the situation and what they've let their like ignorance do um so i got their poisoning people yeah yeah yeah. so i i i tend to like kitchen nightmares more but man i remember those renovation like uh, extreme home makeover i loved that show or extreme makeover home edition uh with ty uh adhd crazy hair kind of looked like a thinner guy generic 2000s man Yeah, yeah 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 just thin guy fieri is what i always referred to him as but uh, there was that, and but I always remember. Uh, you remember the predecessor to that show, Extreme Makeover, Mm-mm. where it was. I only ever watched Home Edition. No, so there was Extreme Makeover, and then Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Extreme Makeover got canceled after a few years because it was basically just like, "Hey, do you hate the way that you look? Let's invite you onto this show. We're gonna give you a whole bunch of plastic surgery, and we're gonna change a whole bunch of stuff about you, and then you're gonna wow your husband or wow your wife with how hot it's- you look." And that show killed, oh my God. Like, when I'm talking, like, this was maybe 05 to, like, 08, you know? Or maybe even less than that. But that show got great ratings to the point where they greenlit this spinoff, Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which did so much more, so much better, because they were just giving back in a positive way and all that stuff. Um, But... I love those shows, and I'm into Kitchen Nightmares and all that stuff. But if I'm going movies, I mean, you guys... We've been talking about movies so much over the past, like, however long we've all known each other. You're a so, slut for movies. Yes, I am. I am a uh, little whore for movies. Yep. Give me that film, daddy. <laughs> little bitch for movies. <laughs> yeah. Stick that film in my reel. But, uh, oh my God. <laughs> what? Are you, are you well? <laughs> um, 
Anyway, uh, you can project onto me all you want. Um, so you're saying your favorite? You like reality TV shows? No, right I, I, I like I like reality TV right now, but I'm not. I don't like like Real World. I don't like uh, Real Housewives. Anything with I real, love in real it, Housewives. Anything with real in it? Fuck that because it's not real. It's not. It is all fabricated. The 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 situation like they might be doing that without a script. But they're putting all these combustible elements together and not expecting a fire. Come on, you know. So I, I'm not a fan of competition shows either. Like, or okay, I like, say that, but I just got done talking about like uh, Hell's Kitchen and all that. Like Big Brother, Survivor. Yeah, I don't like that. Survivor. I don't like Big Brother. There was one show though. Do you that, like Little Brother? No. What is it's, that? A, is it's that big, it's just Big Brother with little people. I thought that was Little People, Big World. I forgot I, that was a thing. Okay, I, I did not. Okay. <laughs> I made mine up. That sounds real. It is that real. That is real. Look it up. It was on TLC. I'm it's pretty on sure Israel? the learning channel. Yeah. It was a whole <laughs> family of little people, and they had a couple of tall children, like actual. It was two little people got married, and they started popping out kids. Well, some of them ended up getting like normal sized, right? And then it was just like them living life as little people with a family. Little people, big world. Okay. Oh, so it's not in Israel? Because I asked you, and you're like, yes, little people, big world, Israel. And I was like... Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. All right. But um, I I didn't like uh, Survivor, but one competition show that I really liked, because it was like a spoof of an actual competition show. Did you guys ever watch Spike TV back in its heyday? A little bit. (gasps) Are you talking about the Hulk Hogan uh, no, competition Hogan show? No, Hogan Knows Best is different. That, I wouldn't call that a, a competition show. Tough that, enough? No, 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 no. Well, okay, this is like a spoof of a reality show. It was called The Joe Schmo Show. Look it up. Look it up. I, I, you're going to love this. So Joe Schmo was just this guy, just a regular Joe Schmo, that they picked to be the star of this reality show. But what he doesn't know is that he's the star. He thinks that everyone else that's on this show is on the show for real. Everyone that he encounters is an actor. And they're all pretending to have these different roles on the show, but he's the only one that's actually like not in on it. I love that. And so they ha- dude, the very first episode they eliminated this like older man and Joe had had, had bonded so well with this guy. He starts crying. He starts like he's like no, eliminate me. Let him get his dream of a million dollars. And, like, it broke me. But it is so funny. (laughs) The stuff that they did to this guy. Because he legitimately thought that everything was real. And at the end of the show, when he had been, like, basically scripted to win all of this thing, it comes out that it's not a real show. And he doesn't win anything. And it is amazing. They did two seasons of that show, and it did not last because people thought that it was, like, excessively mean. Yeah. But I'm sorry. That shit was hilarious. Three seasons. They did three seasons! So the second season was around 2004, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The third season was in 2013. What? They brought it back that, that late? So it was called The Joe Schmo Show, The Full Bounty. And it was described as a reality competition series featuring 12 aspiring bounty hunters who risk life and limb to chase down actual fugitives. It was, (laughs) and it was to cover up the new season 
which was, uh, let me see here. It just featured a single contestant. It must have been a new person who was who believed he was in the competition to become a bounty hunter, and everyone else was an actor. So, yeah. Yeah. No, like, they had love interests in this show that were, like, actors. Like, uh, it was crazy. Everyone had, like, their own backstory that was all made up. Like That would yeah. be very traumatic at the end, oh, though. Oh, 100%. Like, but to Oof. me, I felt no trauma. <laughs> I felt all the giggles. <laughs> it's like I felt all the good things. But no, uh, at the end of the day, obviously. Um, so yeah, yeah. So guys. what's your what's your favorite uh, producing of narratives? The My writing? favorite production. Uh, like if I'm going to tell, a, I'm going to tell a story. I like. I, how can I say this? Don't say I, porn. Don't say porn. No, no, no. I, I just I, I prefer to do it orally. If I'm going to yeah, tell a story, you said porn. Yeah, it's okay. If I if I'm a if I'm going to tell a story, I'd rather just like tell it. You know, um, I'm, I I I like to write in that I I like to be able to put like pen to paper or I guess like type out words or whatever. But um, Ultimately, I feel like I'm more critical of written words because I can see them and then I can change them. But once I speak, the words that came out of my mouth, I can't take them back. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I it's more it's more like the Wild West, you know, like you're just like fucking just talking without a condom on. Like <laughs> if that makes sense, like you're just like raw dog in the world. Yeah. You know, and with Every a day, story. Baby. Yeah. It's like with a story, you you can craft so many different worlds, and sometimes the shit won't make sense. Like, uh, my, my daughter wants me to tell her a story every single night before I put her to bed. Um, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I read from a book, whatever. But the times I do come up with a story, it's uh, like the story that I, I uh, one of the screenplays I was just telling you about. So I wrote one that was Elena, all right, not uh, my daughter. Right. Totally not my daughter, but it was her first day at a new school and uh, the kids were being mean to her and she didn't like it. So she went off and played in like an imaginary world. Right. But then the kids started seeing how much fun she was having. And then they started playing in the imaginary world with her until she ended up making two good friends. And then that was the end of that was the end of the thing. Right. I that all came from. My daughter asking me to tell her a story one day, and that's just like what came out of my mouth, and I just ended up rewriting it. But I know that what I wrote down isn't the same thing that I told her, because I went back and was like, "Oh, that kind of doesn't make sense. What if I change this name over here? What if this situation was over here? Oh, the logic from going from over here to over there." Whenever you're telling a story, you do have time to like kind of figure that out, but you have to kind of go on a fly, especially if you're just kind of making up something as it goes. That's to me my favorite way of like communicating a story or like making something up. But, uh, every now and again, um, I like to, I like to do something like this where it's like, it's, it's like writing things down in that I'm, I'm, uh, recording the conversation that we're having or we're, we're recording the conversation that we're having, but I can't go back and change what I said. I can, I can choose to edit things out, but we don't, you know, like we can choose to edit things out, but at the end of the day, we're still like telling these stories. So to me, like uh, uh, oral storytelling is probably my favorite way of communicating something. But uh, yeah, movies, TV, everything else, stuff like that. What about you? 
Uh, I don't know. Video games. I feel like if I'm a part of the story as well, it kind of makes it more intriguing. Yeah. Makes it makes it more interactive, and then I can like really sink my teeth into the story. Like uh, one of my favorite narratives of all time is Batman Arkham City. It was a yes, yes, so it was, good. But it's fun because you're. It's like you're perched on Batman's shoulder, experiencing the story around you. No, I simply am Batman. Hey, Batman. Hey, Batman. <laughs> Rachel. I am Batman having phone conversations with Victor's ass. Yeah. Throughout the city. <laughs> I thought you were going to go in the Riddler trophy route there. Just like, I you am said Batman. city, though. Yeah, he, there, was yeah there, there were Riddler trophies in, in city. Yeah, but that wasn't like a big focus of the gameplay as much no, as it yeah, was in, it, asylum. in Asylum. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll concede to that one. But they were still there. One thing that I did uh, want to talk about since we were kind of already on the topic of, of video games is how do you feel about these uh, VR video games? I know that you said that uh, Sword, uh, Sword and Sorcery... Yes. Right. Yeah. It. They are. The there's a huge issue with the VR games right now, but it's not a bad issue. They are just so limited in what they can do. They can't craft a full length narrative and provide a quality VR experience. Yet either get one or the other. Blade and Sorcery is not a narrative game. No, it's it a sandbox. Is, it's a sandbox where you just uh, spawn bandits and warriors and you take swords and mallets you and you fight them. And that is fun. Yeah. And it's interesting and it, it is really fun. I just uploaded uh, mods to it. I got lightsabers. I got upgraded dismemberment. Nice. So, and I brought, this is probably my favorite thing, and this will actually... Uh, segue into one of our topics next week which is our craziest um hear me out characters <laughs> oh god no i don't want to talk about this okay but we are yeah uh, we are and oh my gosh actually put in the amato from devil may cry which is a katana with uh magical abilities and i swear to god every time i use that i feel like a god but <laughs> are you telling no, that us you want to fuck a sword listen Wait, <laughs> this, <laughs> that sword is so fucking cool I okay. just might. No, so and it's uh, really crazy because that sword actually turns into a hand. It's actually a hand. Yeah. It's a demon arm, and it's like literally one of the parts of Devil May Devil May Cry Five is the antagonist rips this devil arm off of this guy, and he's just bleeding out in this garage, and he's like, "Ah, my arm!" And he just holds his arm, and it just turns into his sword, and he's like, "I'm taking this back," nice. and he just fucking leaves. But VR does not have the narrative capabilities right now. Mm -mm. It needs something a little more powerful. There needs to be uh, developers who are willing to create long-term... Long-form games, yeah. Long-form AAA titles, because ultimately you can do free world in a VR game, but you can't do that and craft a narrative. You either get a sandbox or you get narratives in a very limited capacity. Yeah, because I think the thing with VR is that since you're limited to like the physical space that you are in, I know especially like with the Oculus or, or whatever is it called now, the the Meta Quest. Yes. Right. So with the, the with the Quest, um, you have to ha you have to stand in your circle, right? You like scan the floor. There's like a little circle that is at your feet, and if you stand outside of that circle, then it like it won't register. It does that out of safety, right? So you're not just like running into walls and shit, right? Right. But the problem is, is that by just being able to stand in one location, essentially, you're minimizing like the Z axis whenever it comes to like actual video games. So you can't really go anywhere without getting like sick, you know, because like to me, I get really motion sick whenever I do VR. That's like requiring me to move without like my eyes are seeing me move, but my body knows that I'm not moving and it gets me a little bit queasy. The more that you play, it starts to go away. 
But the thing with me is that I want a game like, let's say, uh, Breath of the Wild. Like, if we had a Zelda VR game, where like in the scope of Breath of the Wild, where you can like like what you were saying, go explore this world. That would be neat. But I just don't know if you can do that in that enclosed space. What I really wanted to do was check out this place. There was a, it used to be a series of things like in Atlanta. Um, there was one in Atlanta or Orlando and all this stuff that they were called the void, which mm-hmm. is funny enough, right? Uh, what, what we are, what's funny about it. I'll let you figure it out. Okay. But, uh, so there was this, uh, experience called the void and they had like multiple ones. They had one that was like a ghostbusters theme, one that was Avengers themed, one that was star Wars themed. They had a couple of proprietary ones as well that weren't like uh mass like brands and stuff like that. But it was they fitted you with like a vest, goggles, and they put you in this big warehouse. And they had like your digital space mapped out in this warehouse. So whatever experience that you were going for, if you're going for like the Avengers or if you were going for this one where it was like a, a whodunit type of mystery, it like let's say in the whodunit one, there's this a scene that I remember in like the trailer for the experience where you had to go and go look through this book bookcase to find a specific book in the story, right? Well, in the real world, there's an actual bookcase that you are walking to that is mapped onto the thing that you are experiencing in VR. So when you go and grab a book with your hands, you're actually grabbing a physical book. And so when you start flipping through it, it's a little bit more engaging. Mm -hmm. And there was one where it's like uh, you're battling in New York as the Avengers and you're like a new Avenger, right? You're, You're like a brand new superhero. And there's like rubble and stuff like that, and you're like running up of it, up it, and you're feeling like the vibration of like the shots and stuff like that because it's, it's a little bit like augmented VR. It's like AR VR, almost if that makes sense. That would be cool. I wish I would have been able to do that, but they went under right at the beginning of the pandemic, and that hasn't been something that come out since. Like it. Yeah, but I mean, and there are people who are doing these VR things that are, uh, they're trying to enhance it. They're making gloves with like haptics on them. So it's like if you're trying to grab a, like, let's say a weapon, it'll have like these wires on the back of your fingers that will pull your fingers back. So it feels like you're grabbing something or it'll simulate the feeling of grabbing or like. uh, It's like those haptic body suits in Ready Player One where the guy's like getting felt up by a digital e-girl and he's just like sitting in his van. And let's be clear. I would totally hit that. Her in real life and her in the game. So what are we doing next week? Wait. What are we doing next? <laughs> What's your favorite way to tell stories? <laughs> My favorite way is through um, kind of an oddball professional wrestling. I think, <laughs> And any- that brings us to our announcement that we are revamping the bo- podcast. Starting next week, we are going to be Wrestle Talk only. Oh, we can't call it Wrestle Talk. Never mind. Please don't sue me. But... Uh, yeah, we're gonna do that. We'll and it's gonna be it like all the, Zandra. Is it gonna be about the turnbuckle or something? That's no, gonna be like it's, call, it's gonna be called Run the Ropes. Yeah. Nope, we'll get sued for that. Oh yeah, it, yeah. But uh, no, uh, I think wrestling. Uh, most of the narratives I think of are in the lens of of wrestling because they're just very basic concepts. Yeah, family, I can see that. family, uh, family rivalry. Family. I just I just think of uh, wrestling brothers versus brothers. Stop. <laughs> what? You said family. Yeah, it's family. But um, and, or family like, and Corona, <laughs> or like the ideas of betrayal. I think in terms of wrestling, or just they're just broad concepts that will get expanded 
and you can I always think it through like if I'm trying to take a very broad concept and tell a narrative with this concept where would be the place I just start and it would be wrestling how would I tell this in a wrestling because it's two two or more individuals who are acting out this narrative and I go okay if I can do that I can translate it into paper. I can translate it into film. When I'm normally writing a story or writing anything, I like to do it, uh, you know, through like a document or or just writing in general, but not like through movie making because I don't have like the artistic uh, vision for like shots and everything. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, and you know what? That that's that's my own thing. Yeah. So no, it, so I I really like that because uh, some the people at home might not know, but uh, we are both pretty decent sized wrestling fans and Xandra very much is not uh, not that she has anything against it she just has not she's just never uh, felt the exposure that wrestling can have well, I'd say I'm pretty decently sized you are very tall however you were like six five so <laughs> oh my God. I, man yeah you keep pump, pumping me up like that I don't know why but um, so I think that is going to wrap it for today, guys. But what we're going to do is we will be back next week. We're going to be talking about a little pro wrestling. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, different quirks and different uh, different well, things. Man. How about this? Like, we'll figure it out when we figure it out. And that 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 wasn't the end of the show, guys. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. All right, so that's been Podcast Guide of the Void. We'll see you next week. Bye. Later. How dare you take the out loud narcs? <laughs> Outro.